Frankel saw three possible sources for meaning in work, so doing something significant, in, in love, caring for another person, and encouraged during difficult times. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Live an Extraordinary Life. It's me again, Tim Bishop, and I am your host, and this podcast serves as a guide to help you to find what an extraordinary life is for yourself. So I've been reading a lot of books recently, and I share a lot of my findings with you. And today I want to do that again by discussing A Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Now, this book is really fascinating. Viktor Frankl was a Jewish man who survived Auschwitz, one of the harshest and most brutal concentration camps of the Nazi regime. And he is a logo, um, he was into logotherapy, which is basically also about studying the meaning of life. So when he survived the concentration camp, naturally he wrote a book about meaning of life called A Man's Search for Meaning. And there is a lot of powerful takeaways. When you think about it at its face value, one, to just survive such a harsh condition and environment to put in is incredible. But also the fact that this man had everything taken from him. But there was a few things he said that could never be taken from man. And that's what I want to share with you today because I find it to be valuable. We don't often go through experiences, if ever, in my life. I would hope never to go through through something this severe. But we can take the principles from which he extracts from his experiences and put them into our life if we want to learn how to find some more meaning in our own lives, if that's something that we're on a quest to do, which I believe a lot of us are. So one of the opening statements, a lot of the opening statements are very powerful. One of the first ones, quote, is he who has a why to live for, excuse me, he who has a why to live for can bear almost any how, end quote. So again, I've been thinking about this a lot in my own life and I think, man, there's a lot of ways to do things. There really is. There is a lot of jobs, a lot of hobbies, a lot of interests. There's so many things that we can do. There's so much information out there that we can start listening to or looking into. And it's really kind of insane how many things we can do. And I think what makes it easier is taking a step back and saying, well, why? Why do I live? Why do I do what I do? And that will then be able to, and within that context, in that framework, the how will manifest itself. And that's how I've been looking at it in my, in my life. Now, in his life, it was a little bit different because he was saying, I have a why to live and I'm forced through this certain how. So those are two different scenarios. One is me figuring out a how. The other one for him is being forced through a how, which was the concentration camp. But he had a why to live for. And he says that's one of the biggest reasons why he was able to survive. So it's an interesting thing to think about. Another thing that he mentioned in the book, and this is extremely powerful, but again, quote, life is not primarily a quest for pleasure as fraud believed or a quest for power as Alfred Adler taught us, but a quest for meaning. And it continues on to say the greatest task for any person is to find meaning in his or her life. Frankel saw three possible sources for meaning in work, so doing something significant, in, in love, caring for another person and encouraged during difficult times. So it's interesting to break that down when I think about my own life. For sure, where I think about my meaning has been in love, absolutely, friends, family, significant others. 
um, and work for sure. I part of this podcast is me wanting to do significant work. I want to be able to be a influence for good in the world. I want to leave a legacy that makes it the precedent to chase your dreams and to do what you love uh, instead of the opposite. You know, I want to do meaningful work. But then you think about difficult times and you find meaning in that because it teaches you so much and because it brings you together and because there's just a lot of power in suffering, which sounds crazy, but Frankl talks about it, right? He says that there's these forces beyond our control that we get. Sometimes we have to endure the how. Sometimes we have to go through it. And in these situations, we can find meaning in this suffering. And I think that that is a interesting perspective to take. But I also think that it's very powerful because it helps us through the toughest times. Like he said in my first quote of this podcast, which was, he who has a big enough why to live for can endure any how. So the final thing he says in this opening statement, these are all some of, really, some of the, really the main points of the book is, quote, forces beyond our, our control can take away everything from us except for one thing, to choose how you respond to the situation. You cannot control what happens to you, but you can always control how you feel about it and what you will do next. So again, this is really important for us to notice, I think. We can't always control what happens to us. We can't control the things that are occurring in our lives and the initial raw emotions that we feel. But this is coming from other research I've done from psychologists as well, which which says but you can control how you react to those feelings. You can control what you're going to do about them. You can control what you're going to do about that anger, about that sadness, about that anxiety, about that fear, about that pain, uh, anything. You can control it and you can decide where you want to choose to manifest your thoughts and your energies. And I think that that is extremely fascinating and extremely important to think about. We are not just subject. Our emotions don't control us. Our emotions exist and then we can go about in learning to see how we want to react to those emotions and those things that happen to us. And as you can see from this one experience, you can't necessarily speak for all experiences, but for his experience, this is one of the main reasons he was able to survive the concentration camp because he says he was able to control his mind and he was able to understand that these situations he was going through weren't bigger than, than what was going on in here. And he could respond how, things were going about and he could control how he felt inside. And that was the only thing that he could control. And he took control of that. And I think that's a very powerful lesson to, to take. So some of the other interesting points of the book here is that he was talking about life inside of the concentration camp. And this was really interesting because he can hear his family taken from him. And he's talking about the idea of love. And he says that love goes far beyond the physical person of the beloved. It finds its deepest meaning in his spiritual being, his inner self, whether or not he's actually present, whether or not he is still alive at all, ceases somehow to be of importance. So he's talking about another way that he could get through and survive this. And it was through love, even though there wasn't a physical person present. So he was talking about how the deepest form of love is rooted in spirituality, is rooted in a deep understanding that love isn't simply a a physical gesture of being together or of offering gifts or of offering time that love is a thing that 
is sustained through thick and thin, whether present, whether you're present with each other or not. And if you can build the love in your life to that deep spiritual point where there is connection and support beyond 100% doubt, that that is the deepest kind of love that a person could feel. So I thought that was interesting. I thought that that would bring that up um, just as another thing to ponder about. Not that this isn't already enough to think about on its own. But moving on to another thought that I really enjoyed was that this is a kind of, again, these are all pretty deep statements, but quote, the consciousness of one's inner value is anchored in higher, more spiritual things and cannot be shaken by camp life. Camp life meaning concentration camp life. But how many free men, free men, so people not in camp, let alone prisoners, possess it? Without consciously thinking about it, the average prisoner felt himself utterly degraded. So again, this is talking about the value of going on an internal spiritual journey and understanding one's inner self. And this is not an easy journey. I guarantee it. I've been going on it, but it may be one of the most important things that we can do. Start to truly understand yourself and your values and the things you care about and what's going on inside of you and your emotions and start to control that and possess that because then you can go about guiding your life in the way that you want to live it forever no matter what happens. And he talks about the power here, right? He says, but, but how many free men even have this? Not a lot. So when you put it, someone in a prisoner sense, they, they get, you know, as a, as a concentration camp prisoner, they feel utterly degraded because they can't, they're not controlling what's going on in here. And this is where literally everything starts. And I've had some debates about this, actually, um, with people who are, I would say, more religious. And they say, well, it's not all about looking inward all the time. It's sometimes it's about looking to God and to what the universe is calling you to do and what religion is calling you to do, calling you to do. And I, I like to frame things in not a religious or a um, religious way. I like to keep it neutral up to you. I, I don't care if you're religious or not, but what I will say is that I do believe that the universe does send us signs. I do agree with that. We're not in concentration camps. Um, so hopefully no one listening to this is in a situation anywhere near that. But I do think that that's actually this, a, a same, I think it's the same thing personally. I think looking inwards isn't just like you sitting in a dark room and thinking your brain, it's you out in the world. It's you understanding how you like to interact with people. It's you seeing things and reflecting on them. It's you taking your experiences, all of your experiences and trying to understand where they're pushing you towards. So it is a process of looking out and seeing what the world is telling you, but then you have to internalize it. You have to learn to make sense of it and hear or else it's never going to manifest itself in the way that you want it to. So I think that, again, going on this journey of trying to understand yourself is really important, and yet it's really scary. So if you want, if you want places to start, exercises, again, I don't have all the answers on this. I'm thinking about this in my own life. But I do, I have found some cool exercises, a cool place to start, to start to dive into how to explore these things. So if you want to get access to some of those things, hit me up. I'd be more than happy to share those things with you. And then when you think about, you know, this book is called A Man's Search for Meaning. So the big thing he talks about is, okay, this is really important to find meaning, but you have to make sure that you're not too specific with what that means. Because here's a really powerful quote too in here. He says, 
Ultimately, life means taking responsibility to find the right answer to its problems and to fulfill tasks which it constantly sets for individuals. These tasks and therefore the meaning of life differ from man to man and moment to moment. Thus, it is impossible to find the meaning of life in a general way. So what he means there is that our meaning of life can shift and that life will require different things from us at different times. Sometimes our meaning might be deeply rooted in love and our family and our relationships. Sometimes our life might be deeply rooted in our work. Sometimes, and hopefully not all the time, our life will be deeply rooted in suffering. And we have to find meaning in wherever it is guiding us. Now, I personally believe that it is important to find meaning in all those at all times. But I think that different things will prevail at different times, right? If you can go to work and find meaning in that, if you can come home and find meaning in your relationships and when things are going bad, if you can find meaning in that, then you will truly have mastered how to find meaning in life. And I think that that is his point. He doesn't directly say that, but that is my interpretation. If you can learn to find meaning in these different scenarios, then you will find meaning in your life most of the time. And that is pretty powerful. And a few of the final closing statements I want to share is that he says, quote, what you have experienced no man on earth can take from you, end quote. And I love that because it's very powerful. It says that, you know, in hopefully the least cheesy way possible, that what we experience in our lives are ours. These are our experiences. The reality that we experience, no one else can no one else has experienced. Everyone has their own viewpoint and that makes it special because you can share that viewpoint in the world. You can take that with you and you can hopefully give that to someone else and help them in a time of need. And I think it's really powerful to remember that no one can take our own experiences from us and that those are our greatest teachers and greatest lessons in life that we have. And it helps give our life significance and purpose and meaning because you are going through something and People have probably gone through a specific thing you went through, right? So you go through a hard time. People out there have gone through a similar hard time. But the specific combination of all the events in your life, the things that have happened, that is you. That is uniquely you. And you can own that and make that yours. And you can use that as a gift to hopefully share with the world someday. Now, closing thoughts here. And this is about logotherapy. So again, this is about the idea of the meaning of life and how we go about tackling life. And this is a pretty deep comment. Again, I've been saying this a lot, this episode, but again, this is about a man who survived a concentration camp and the book's called a man's search for meaning. So if you're listening to this, you should be expecting that these are going to be very reflective comments. I might say this twice because you got to kind of wrap your head around it and I'll explain a little bit, but here's the quote, quote, Sometimes he does not even know what he wishes to do. Instead, he wishes to do what other people do, conformism, or he does what other people wish him to do. Totalier, total, oh my gosh, I can't even say that. Name. Totalitarianism. So, the thing about this, he's saying a lot of people either conform to what other people do, or we do what other people wish us to do. So, a great example of this is our parents, society, whatever they have expectations for us and we follow that. We're never going to be fully happy with that. Or we see what other people are doing and we decide to just do that because we don't know what to do. I don't think we'll ever be truly happy with that either. And again, this is just my intuition telling me that based off my observations, I think that you see people taking these paths and eventually there is this breaking point. Eventually they're like, what do I actually want to do? And eventually they get to that point. 
to the point I'm making in my own life is to say, well, just start asking that question earlier. Sure, I might conform in a lot of ways right now, or sure, I might be totalitarian, totalitarian, oh my gosh, that's an impossible word, totalitarian in some ways. I might do what people want me to do because I don't fully understand what my own vision is yet. But it's important to keep checking in on that vision and asking yourself about that vision because that is what is going to guide you towards what you want to do. If you never ask yourself that question, then you'll find yourself conforming for a long, long time until eventually you're like, holy shit, I need to wake up and do something that I love. So I'm just trying to help be very proactive with these things. That's my goal with this. I, in my own life, I want to be very proactive about avoiding the oh shit moment and about helping myself get to where I want to be, even though I don't exactly know what that is yet. But in my gut, it feels like checking in on it is a good thing. I feel like I'm doing a good thing by checking in on it. So that's, an, again, just a thing that I'm thinking about in my life that I think has a lot of importance and a lot of value. And to close this up, I would say three things, actually. The first is that, this is a quote, quote, man is ultimately self-defining end quote. So we can always define who we want to be. Now we, it has to be true to who we are. We can't say, I want to be this person. If it just fully doesn't align with us, you're not, it's going to be a constant dissonance there. You have to align with the person that you want to become. But every day you have an opportunity to self-define yourself, to self-define the things that you want to enact, the values you want to show, the energy you want to give to the world. And I'm trying to do this every single day in my own life and saying, I, I can define, I got the power, the power is in my hands to define who I am and who I want to be. And I have that each and every day. That's one. The second thing is to understand that all we can really do is to study the lives of people who have come before us and look at their answers to the meaning of life, and then to make our own reality off it. So again, why am I even sharing these things with you? Well, I'm basically looking at a bunch of other people's work, trying to combine it, trying to make sense of it, sharing my own experience with it, and giving it to you. And the next person along the line that comes after me are going to do the same thing. And ultimately, life is about Life is about us learning what we can from others and moving forward in the best way possible. And the third thing is that purpose comes from giving and to a cause, to serve or to another person or to love. And he says that, Victor Frankl says that in order to transcend just subjective personal pleasure, that we have to have a purpose beyond ourselves. If we're only living for ourselves, we're never going to direct our meaning in a way that impacts life or that we will ever truly be fulfilled with. So we are self-defining. We are doing our best to learn from the humans of the past, and we have to live for a greater purpose than just ourselves. And that is some pretty important closing points that I thought I could make. So I'd recommend to check this book out if this episode interests you at all. I think that there's a lot of power in his words and his writing, and it really puts you in an interesting place when you read the words of a man who experienced something so brutal and it helps put your life in a lot of perspective as well. So take some time to reflect on this. If you want to talk about anything in the book or anything that I talked about in this episode, hit me up, always down to talk. And, um, Go out and start to understand more about 
the meaning of things in your life. And it doesn't need to be, you know, when I look at my own life. It's not this big thing that I always have to be figuring out. Um, but checking in on it for me has been so valuable. Just checking in and, and whether it be once a day, once a week, just making sure I'm checking in on it and checking myself, giving myself a little heart check and saying, am I going in the right direction to just feel good? And that's a pretty good way that I've been able to guide my life forward. So I wish you all the best as always and uh, go live an extraordinary life and I'll see you next time.